are listening to the Sunday Sermon from Crossroads Bible Church in Bellevue, Washington. To learn more about Crossroads, visit us on our website at cbcbellevue.com. We are so glad that you're tuning in today and hope you have a very Merry Christmas. What are you waiting for? Someone to love you? Children? Grandchildren? Work? Or better yet, work that will provide for your family? Perhaps you're waiting to be healed of a physical condition. Maybe you're seeking to be delivered from anxiety. Maybe you're waiting for a child to come home. What are you waiting for? I don't know what you're waiting for, but I know we're all waiting for something. How long will you have to wait? I don't know, but I know how long I've waited. Oh, pardon me. I should really introduce myself. My name is Simeon. Simeon means God has heard. And I've always tried to live up to that name. I've tried to be a man who's waited on God, who has prayerfully and patiently pursued him. But I'm a simple man. I'm not a priest or a scribe, but my friends say that I'm righteous and devout. Now, honestly, the only reason I'm anything is because of the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you this, though. I've been waiting for many, many years for the consolation of Israel. Consolation? Consolation simply means comfort. And it's the hope that one day the Messiah, the Christ, would come to Israel. And I waited and waited for that moment. The people of Israel have a history of waiting. Some might even say we've perfected waiting. I mean, we waited for 400 years as we were oppressed by the Egyptians. We then wandered for 40 years in the wilderness, waiting to enter into the promised land. We waited 70 years in exile. We waited 400 silent years where we never heard from the Lord. We never heard from one of his prophets. And we waited 700 years while we've been under oppression from various armies. The Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Persians, the Greeks, and now the Romans, the worst of them all. We've been waiting for deliverance. We've been waiting to be freed from our oppression. But what's really bad is I've been waiting a long time. I mean, honestly, I'm an elderly man. And I have been waiting for the Christ, the deliverer, the rescuer for Israel. But it seems like summers and winters, they come and they continue to pass and they seem to move slowly. And yet what really moves quickly is my age. 
and how I continue to decline. I mean, as I look at my hands, all I see are wrinkles and brown spots, aging, just a constant reminder that I'm deteriorating. And then my legs, my legs just won't cooperate anymore. It's hard for me to move about. And don't even get me started on my back. My back, it's, it's hunched over. It's crooked. Every part of me is falling apart. I feel like life is just being sucked out of me every single day and in every single way. And yet I keep waiting. But honestly, I'm beginning to feel like I've missed him. Missed him? Missed who? Missed the Messiah. You see, I was promised that I would see the Messiah. The Holy Spirit revealed to me that before I died, I would see the Christ. So what I did was, I looked I waited. I waited. I watched. Did I mention I waited? I waited and waited and waited. The only thing I knew to do was go to the temple as many times as I possibly could. So when prayers were being performed, when the sacrifices were being offered, Simeon was there. I made sure of it. I mean, I was a regular. It got to the point where the priests, they didn't even bother registering me anymore. I was there that much. I would just walk around chanting psalms and continuing to watch and to wait for the Messiah. And I would tell people, the Messiah is coming, and I, Simeon, I shall see him with my own eyes. The priests looked at me, an old man, and they said, let's humor him. This is a pipe dream, but let's just allow him to continue to think these thoughts because it gives him something to hold on to. It gives him a reason to live. Others weren't so kind. They would say to me, have you had some bad fish or something? Maybe you've had just a little bit too much wine, Simeon. My friends and my family members, they thought that I was losing my mind. They thought I had what you call dementia. They didn't know what to do with me. So they humored me. There, there, Simeon. It'll be all right. I'm sure they were hoping that I would come into my right mind. But I didn't let them discourage me. I didn't become jaded or cynical. I just continued to wait. I persevered and kept on persevering day after day after day. But then, the day came. 
It was a morning like any other morning. I woke up and tried to ensure that I was alive. Yep, I'm still alive. And of course, as an old man, I'm always cold. Some of you are probably cold in here today, aren't you? I put on my cloak and I began to shuffle to the temple and I went through my routine, praying, observing, chanting the Psalms, giving God the praise that he deserved, and waiting and watching, but not really certain who I was looking for. I just knew I was looking for the Messiah. But how I would recognize him, I wasn't sure. All of a sudden, I noticed an ordinary couple walking into the temple courts. They were underwhelming, unimpressive. But there was something within me that said, that is the couple, and that is the Christ child. All of a sudden, youthful vigor took over. With my eyes, I could see like I was 30 years old. My limbs began to move. I had a spring in my step. And I felt the Spirit say, Simeon, this is the Christ. Go over and introduce yourself. So I walked over. And I introduced myself. And then I asked the couple, what are your names? And they said, Joseph and Mary. And I said, well, what's the name of your child? And they said, Yeshua. Yeshua. Well, that's a common name. It means Joshua. Or as you Gentiles say, Jesus. And there was nothing surprising about this couple being present because parents always take their infants to the temple to be dedicated and a woman has to wait 40 days and then the purification process has taken place and she can present her child I had watched this again and again and again but this time it was different. This was the Christ. So I began to move closer to Joseph and Mary. And I said, would you mind if I hold Yeshua? Now, you do still have to understand, Joseph and Mary, they didn't know who I was. I am some toothless elderly man who has let his hygiene slip for many years. And I'm ooing and aahing over their baby. And then I have the audacity to ask, can I hold your baby? Parents of newborns, how would you feel about that? Many of you have had children of your own, and you know how you feel when someone comes up and invades your space and tries to touch your child and then asks to hold your child. 
Well, I was so caught up in the moment, I didn't realize the awkwardness of this. And I saw the teenaged Mary looking at Joseph, help, help. And all of a sudden, Joseph stepped back and he nodded his head. And Mary smiled and she gave me her child. And I took the Son of God in my arms and I held him. Can you imagine what it's like to look down and know that your eyes are looking upon the Son of God? Yeshua, Jesus. It was an incredible moment, unlike anything I had ever experienced in my life. Here I was holding the baby Jesus. I, Simeon, holding him with my own hands, in my own arms. The Son of God was resting in my arms, and I was resting in him and the salvation that would come through him. Ask yourself, what would it be like to hold the Son of God and to look the Son of God in the eyes? unlike anything you can possibly imagine. You can imagine I was caught up in the exhilaration of this moment. I had waited my entire life for this moment. And all of a sudden, the Spirit came upon me again, and He gave me words that I could express. I said, Lord, now I'm ready to depart. I'm ready to be dismissed. My eyes have seen your salvation. Your salvation that is for all people. It's a light of revelation to the Gentiles. It's the glory of Israel. The child I held was the Christ. And what's fascinating to me is I had read all the passages in Isaiah. Over the years that I spent in the temple, I had so much time to study the Scriptures. I studied the Scriptures on my own time when I was at home. And I had read the prophet Isaiah over and over and over. I had gone all the way back to Genesis 12 with the calling of Abraham. And I knew that God had a purpose and a plan for Gentiles. I knew he wanted to include all the people of the world. But as a Jewish man, it was hard for me to understand. It was hard for me to see. And my contemporaries, they certainly didn't understand it. But when the Holy Spirit gave me this revelation, I understood it anew and afresh. But don't forget about the Jewish people. The Jewish people experience Jesus as their glory. The Jewish people are God's chosen people. And I realize now I had not been shelved. My family, my people, they had not been relegated to obscurity. God had a purpose. He had a plan for the nation of Israel. Because God has a passion through his son, the Lord Jesus, for all the peoples of the world. 
after I had pronounced this prophetic praise, you should have seen Joseph and Mary's eyes. They're bulging. They can't believe what I've said about their son. I mean, they knew he was special, but they didn't fully grasp everything that I said. And I want you to note, I am the first to actually see that Jesus was who he claimed to be, that he would save all the nations, that he would make salvation possible for all people. I went above and beyond those that first saw Jesus. After Joseph and Mary had expressed their awe and their amazement, I had to say something else to them. Now, right now, you're probably thinking, oh, Simeon, he's such a softy. I mean, look at this praise. Look at the song of Simeon. He's just a wimpy, elderly old man. Sentimental. But in the same way that I bless, I warn. I had to say something very difficult to both Joseph and Mary with a focus on Mary. I said, behold, now this child, he will bring about the fall and the rise of many in Israel. And Mary, a sword shall pierce your soul. And that's because all of the thoughts, all of the imaginations of all people will be revealed by this child. Talk about a hard word to bring. Here's the thing about Jesus. He brings bad news and he brings good news. I made it clear that there will be many in Israel that will fall. They will fall because they will reject Jesus Christ as their Messiah. I told Mary that there would be many who would oppose Jesus, her beloved child. They will have disdain for him. They will scorn him. They will mock him. They will reject him. And as a result, they themselves will fall. But there are others, they will rise because they will believe that Jesus is who he claims to be. They will trust in him as the Christ, the Messiah of God. And they will rise not only in this life, but they will rise in the life to come. The Old Testament was clear, at least in Daniel 12, that that will one day happen. Mary, though, will have to experience a sword through her soul. She will have to experience family members, friends, neighbors, and her own people rejecting and opposing Jesus, her son. And then that will culminate in her having to bury her son. Imagine the horror. Imagine the pain. And yet, 
I shared this with Mary at the front end of her son's life. There's a choice that all of us have to make. Will we fall or will we rise? See, in Isaiah once again, which really became my favorite book, the prophet talks about a stone. We could call it a rock. You can choose to build your life upon this rock, this cornerstone, and you can rise. Or you can choose to ignore and reject the rock, the Messiah, the Christ, the cornerstone, and you can fall. And in, being fall, and in falling, you can be crushed. That's a choice that every human being has to make. Will Jesus be your rock or will you stumble over him? As many have. See, the interesting thing about you Gentiles is I've heard that you assume that if everyone just understands who Jesus is, and if you're able to share him in the way that you want, that everyone will respond. Well, I, Simeon, will tell you that that's not the case. I made that clear through the Holy Spirit, and the entirety of Scripture says there will be many who will oppose Jesus and reject him. Will you? Or will you stand on the rock and will you allow Jesus to transform your life? After I had shared both the blessing and the warning, right as I'm finishing up, an elderly lady, a prophetess, approaches us. Now, I know this woman. Her name is Anna. Or more accurately, Hannah. It's a Hebrew name that means favor or grace. Hannah was married at one time. But her husband died seven years into their marriage. And then she lived as a widow for decades. I think she could have married. But she chose not to remarry. Instead, she said, I'm going to wait. I'm going to forego marriage, and I'm going to spend all my time in the temple. And I'm going to fast and pray. And that's what Hannah did. She worshipped the Lord and had an intimacy with the Lord unlike anything I had ever seen. Well, she came up to Jesus and to all of us as a widow having sacrificed much to see the Messiah the Christ child and she immediately began to bless the Lord because I had said Hannah this is the one this is the Christ she blessed God she thanked God for what he had done and that she had had the privilege of seeing the Christ child See, the truth is, 
Hannah had made many sacrifices. Being a widow in my day is the worst thing that can happen to you. No one is there to provide for you. You have to eke out an existence. You're dependent upon others. Whether they will help you or not is uncertain. And yet Hannah pursued the Lord with everything that was within her. So when she got the good news of the Christ child, she began sharing it with anyone and everyone she possibly could because she knew that there were many who were seeking the redemption of Israel. And the redemption of Israel was the Christ. It was Jesus. What are you waiting for? Are you waiting for joy, peace, purpose? What have you been waiting for? See, all of us will wait for certain people or pursuits. But I want to know what type of person are you in the midst of your waiting? Hannah and I were ancient in our culture, when ancient, elderly people pronounce truth, our culture respects that because we honor those who are elderly. I've heard in your culture, you're all about youth. You don't respect age. But I will tell you this, it's those who are aged among you who have walked with God. They have pursued the Lord patiently. They've watched. They've waited. They've watched. They've waited. And they've done so for years. What are you waiting for? See, the Holy Spirit has always communicated with me. I know that's unusual for many of you. But He does speak to me. And he has told me about some of the things that you're waiting for. Stimulus checks, unemployment benefits, medical benefits, perhaps for some of you, a vaccine. For others of you, being able to worship in person without masks and without social distancing. For others, having community with neighbors, friends, and co-workers without any limitations. Some of you are just hoping that injustice will be wiped out. And some of the injustices that you yourself have experienced, you just want those resolved. You look at the nation you live in and you say, look at the oppression Look at how much people detest one another. Look at the division. And so you're waiting for some form of peace. You're waiting for rest. I'm here to tell you, you don't have to wait any longer. I had to wait, and I waited and waited and waited. You don't have to wait. All you have to do is celebrate. 
Celebrate Jesus because the wait is over. Celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ because the wait is over. You're done waiting. Now you're just anticipating him wrapping up human history and doing away with injustice, doing away with all types of division, and bringing peace, joy, and hope. Celebrate Jesus because the wait is over. How can you celebrate Jesus? You can do what Hannah and I did. You can give him praise. You can express thanks to him. You can tell anyone and everyone about the Christ. Instead of being discouraged by all the events and all the circumstances in your life, you can show joy, hope, and peace to everyone during this particular season. We have the opportunity to celebrate Jesus Christ this Christmas season. Why? Because the wait is over. He's come. He lives. He's anticipating bringing peace and justice and hope to planet Earth. And something tells me that it could be very, very soon. Celebrate Jesus because the wait is over. I'd like to pray with you if I could. Father, thank you so much for this congregation, this group of people who love you. Thank you that they are righteous and devout. Thank you that they have been able to celebrate the fact that Jesus has come. Lord, I pray that you would help us all during this time of the year to make our circumstances about Christ. And I pray for those of us who are going through very difficult circumstances that we would look to you. I pray for those who have never believed in Jesus. They don't know him as the Savior of all the nations. I pray today that they would recognize who Jesus is and that they would trust in him as their personal Savior. That they would realize they have opposed Jesus. They have rejected Jesus. But today can be a new beginning. They can place their faith in the Christ, the Son of the living God. May each of us do so today. We thank you and praise you, and we pray this in Yeshua HaMashiach's name. Amen.